Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Reigns, after almost four years, has finally been pinned. We can finally stop saying Baron Corbin was the last person to pin Roman Reigns because now we have Jey Uso. I'm Ollie Davis. I'm joined by Luke Owen, DAD. Welcome to our WrestleTalk podcast review of Money in the Bank 2023. If you haven't already, please press the thumbs up button. Press the subscribe button if you're not already subscribed. Leave a comment down below with what you thought of Money in the Bank and send in your... What's the uh, appropriate... Well, we called them yesterday on the live stream, the bank statements. Get in your bank statements to help WrestleTalk's bank balance to WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. I will read out every single one of them. Over five US dollars. But wow, what a main event. What a main event it was. A long main event. Well, it was what, half hour? It was 33 minutes of in-ring action. I would wager a good 20 of that was uh, neck cranks from, from of Solo. nerve pinches. Your nerve pinches. Uh, so afterwards, after the show, because of course we did our watch party... Loads of people loved it. And then one guy, I'm sorry, I can't remember his name, came up to me and was like, oh, I didn't like it. I thought there's always one. <laughs> was it handy? Always one. And I said, well, why didn't you like it? I disagree respectfully, but mm-hmm. why didn't you like it? And he said, it felt really long and and uh, not much happened. And I could not argue because <laughs> like, it is th- those last five minutes mm-hmm. are what transforms the whole match, really. Yeah, I, I would say that. I mean, for me, it was, a, it was a, a standard Roman match, which is a lot of slow walking around. You know, a tag in a Roman Reigns match takes five times longer than it does in any other match because there's cinema. Mm. There's character work to be done. And I, for me, that's kind of what makes a, a Roman match so spectacular. Mm. Like there was a moment when Roman and Solo went to the outside Uh, to speak with Paul Heyman. In any other match where their heels are talking with their manager, it's just a quick two-second, five-second thing, and then you get back into it. In a Roman Reigns match, no, that is a 30 seconds to one minute character exposition moment where Paul Heyman explains the plot to the audience, and then those use... The wrestlers then use that as their character to fuel the next part of the match. Do you want your sons 
sitting at his table. That's essentially what Paul Heyman said there. And Solo uh, somehow still manages to be awesomely badass while trying to find his mark for the camera shot. <laughs> because in that particular shot, Paul and Roman are talking and Solo just walks across the camera and then turns around, crosses his arms in the perfect position. Mm-hmm. He did that on the SmackDown episode as well. So he was always framed between Jay and Roman. I think in general, after decades of mocking WWE's cinematography, and even though Kevin Dunn is reportedly by and large still in control, visually this feels like a far more accomplished product. 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 Uh, because of stuff like that, uh, later on, when we talk about the Damien Priest hand coming out from beneath the shot. You didn't see him in the shot. It's a very NXT moment. I think mm. what, what Triple H, uh, his form of directing is what can be a GIF. Yeah. Like, what, what can be shared <laughs> the following day as a GIF on Twitter. That's the shot I want. Uh, the other thing that drags out Roman matches is... <laughs> of course, for podcast listeners, I am reacting to a crowd. So uh, they're heated. For an example, uh, we got this clip. This was uh, shared by Sean Rossap from the crowd yesterday. Uh, for any of viewers who are not English or British, uh, what the crowd are chanting is stand up if you hate Roman. Stand up if you hate Roman. It's to the tune of the Pet Shop Boys uh, Go West, isn't it? Yeah. Go, go West. Something, something. Go West. Uh, and this is. Basically, how Roman reacted to it. Um, obviously, we can oh, still be still, heard. Look, we're on either side. Let's react to it. Yeah. So, look at me. there we go. Stand up. And everyone starts to stand up. Because if you hate Roman, you stand up. And you can see Roman there reacting to this, telling everyone to sit down. <laughs> <laughs> he then sits down, doesn't he? Well, that's it. He's just like, well, do you know what? I don't hate Roman Reigns. So, I think the best course of action for me to do... Wait for it wait for it is to sit down yeah that is some top tier improvisation it was my favorite moment of the whole match when he sat down because he does not hate roman yeah uh but thankfully they didn't go the next step which is shoes off oh they did oh they did i actually thought that they were just trying to do it again and roman wasn't reacting to it and i was like it's a bit lame when you try and do it a second time Mm. but no they were doing the shoes off if you hate roman because there's another video going around of people waving their shoes in the air so encumbersome so we used to do it mostly for Zach Gibson. It was like it was almost like saved exclusively for Zach Gibson. Uh, but you had these 20, 25 minutes, and I get how, why people would be bored of that. Me personally, I've really gotten into the groove. I actually, it's like like when you like genre movies or you like a certain style of someone's match. You know when they're going to hit the spots. But Roman spots just so happen to be long, prolonged, extended, uh, like initial period. Ref bump, visible pin, a new family member interferes. Like we've seen it over and over and over again. And people have been bored of it on and off. You know, sometimes it hits, sometimes it doesn't. I think, you know, Clash at the Castle really worked because you had Solo's involvement. Um, the Royal Rumble as well, because you had the stuff at the end with the Sami Zayn uh, babyface turn. But then like others with the Cody stuff that just didn't feel imaginative enough. But you needed, like like you needed the first 20, 25 minutes of this match to make it feel epic for those five minutes to really pay off. You needed two years of the same match template for when Jay and Jimmy simultaneously kick out the double pin 
it was one of the more mind-blowing bits in modern wrestling. If I may, I, I would compare Roman Reigns' matches in this Bloodline era to that classic Akada run. Mm. Well, the criticisms against Akada's run there was, you know, he kept getting these five-star matches, every match was these five-star matches. But people watch it, it's like, nothing really happens for those first 20 to 25 minutes. You can all more or less not watch the first 20 to 25 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Just tune in for the final 15 minutes, and that's when you get all of the great <laughs> wrestling. But all that great wrestling is set up by those 20 to 25 minutes mm. at the start here. And I feel that's the same with Roman matches. Sure, nothing happens for two-thirds of the matches. But it's all context that builds for that final third. Yeah, if you just if you just opened with those five minutes, it wouldn't feel the same. Nope. Uh, and it's I, I would you know you kind of have versions of that where it is a bit tedious. You know, we both said Akada's matches eventually, even for the converted, became a bit tedious. Uh, but I was always into this because of Roman star power, because of how into all the characters I am. Like just the suspense of well, what what's going to happen next? What is Solo going to do? Very early on, Solo, uh, Roman was just like, tag me in. And Solo just stood there. And everyone was like, oh, what's going to happen here? I, I turned to the guy next to me at our live watch band and said, that's the moment. Because mm -hmm. I'd convinced myself that Solo was going to turn in the match and he was going to give um, Roman the spike. Mm -hmm. And that was what was going to set up the Usos to win. As it turns out, the Usos just won clean. Yeah. Uh, so... Really, really good stuff. The presentation, everything. But let's talk about these last five minutes where we really get into the Roman template and the subversion of the Roman template expectations. So first of all, awful ref bump. Terrible really ref bump. No, a great ref bump. But he got it. It looked like he got injured. I would say everyone in the crowd yeah. at, at, at our live event yesterday had one of two reactions. Either, ugh seen this the ref bump and the other one was <laughs> ref bump was rubbish out of order it was rudy charles the best you can't referee just working like today. it because it's rudy charles i think it was a good ref bump <laughs> i think he genuinely hurt himself when he got his leg caught up on the ropes yeah I th well i was kind of in camp number one which was like oh, okay cool now the final part of the match is happening. I just had Blompier in front of me all the time going, oh, what a rubbish ref. Oh, oh, he's so small. I was like, I know, I know you're that's doing this. That's what makes this. him great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we got the ref bump and we got the Usos get a pin. They hit the 1D on Roman and then the tides turn. It's so funny because the commentary is like, they hit the 1D and they were pinning Roman and they count to like 10. And then eventually Jay gives up. And Wade Barrett on commentary was like, there's no way of knowing if Roman wouldn't have kicked out of it if the referee was there. Uh, so I haven't, because all of my notes are from the watch party, uh, which is a bit more chaotic than doing it at home like I usually do. So there was a, was there a, a spike and a spear on Jay? A combination spike and spear awesome. onto Jay. And they'd already taken out Jimmy as well with mm -hmm. the spike as well. And then they did the double stack pin callback to WrestleMania last year when they did it with Danielson and Edge. Great, great spot. So good. And then the referee gets back in. It's a slow count. Roman's pinning both. Uh, we've gone back and watched Tempest reaction to this. So grumpy. Oh, it looks like a grumpy oh, so Tempest. Grumpy. He's there like, oh, I'm not even going to react for the cameras even though that's what i'm here to do i'm just mm, i'm just upset that I'm, roman's gonna win and again I've lost my championship i'm upset about it and then the kick out and roman's face was like remember triple h his face when undertaker kicked out and he's like oh, this was 
the hysterical breakdown version of that. Roman's like almost crying. And he, God, the, it, it was a great kick out. He, uh, <clears throat> is it one of the first times I think we've seen in Roman since this bloodline thing where he does not know what to do. And I love how Solo instantly does know what to do. And it is stay on him. And Solo takes charge. He's beating up Jimmy. He's beating up Jay. He starts barking at Roman. It's like, come on. Yeah. Stay on them. And he's like, Roman's there. And Roman's like, yeah, no, that is what we should do. So he like starts mounting Jay to throw down the punches. Which is such an incredible way to take this story. That Especially with the SmackDown installment where you had the Usos going, well, I think I acknowledge Solo Sokoa as head of the table as the tribal chief. And Roman's like, <laughs> no, whatever. And then in this moment when Roman had to rise to the challenge, he crumbled. Sure did. And Solo stepped up. Anyway, Solo's taken out uh, by himself, really. Splashed through a table. Jimmy moved. And then inside, uh, what did we get? Super kicks. Super kicks. Uh, Jay kicked out of a spear. And he kicked out. Yes. With the low blow to Roman. As a callback to their uh, clash match that they had back during the pandemic. In also, 2020. Also, the guillotine on Jimmy, which was mm. what caused Jay to say, I quit in their Hell in a Cell match. Oh, I didn't even think about that. I've stopped making notes at this point because I'm just into the match. But yeah, then we got uh, like the, the Usos came back, super kicks, and Jay gets tagged in for the splash on Roman. One, two, three. An incredible new chapter to this story and one that still seems like it's got infinite possibilities all of them exciting i imagine we're going towards roman versus jay at SummerSlam, but then there's this solo sokoa momentum that's happening really night like neatly and organically mm -hmm. yeah after the match I was, I was thinking about this today. Uh, Hogan always used to tell this story. And it's obviously, it's bollocks because it's, it's a Hogan story. But he talks about when uh, uh, he put over Warrior at Mania. But when but he said, but the crowd weren't watching Warrior when that match was over. They were watching me leave because I just mm. lost style. It's not true. Uh -huh. Absolutely not what happened. Um, but in this moment, like one of the things I found really interesting looking at people's reactions to this is that the Usos are celebrating in the ring and they walk up the ramp and everyone's cheering them. Instantly, I was like, but where's Roman? Mm. And they're going back because now the interesting thing is like, well, what's Roman's reaction to this? And there's a lot of fan captured footage of Roman at ringside, almost like crying into his hand. <sighs> like as this world crumbles around him, his family has completed, and his whole world that he has been building, his empire has fallen to pieces. And he's just taken his first pinfall loss in three and a half years. It is fascinating. It's so good. So before we get on to the chats, um, how does the WrestleMania Night 2 booking decision factor into all of this? Easy answer. Cody's not part of the story. <laughs> <laughs> like, in the same way that Kevin was not the main mm. player, Sammy was not the main player, Cody was not the main player, this is about Roman and the Usos and Solo. It's, it's their story. They were just bit parts to this story. Cody's whole finish the story thing, I don't think he knows what that story is anymore. And I don't think WWE are telling that story either. Because in the press conference, he said, well, I don't, want to, I don't want to win the World Heavyweight Championship. That's not the story I'm trying to finish. The belt I want to win is the one that my dad never won. That belt doesn't exist at the mm. moment. It's a mustard-covered belt that is hiding a blue belt that is also <laughs> hiding the belt that he wants to win. That belt doesn't have... That's not there. So that's how it plays into it. Cody's not part of this story anymore. The story is all about the bloodline. 
But do you remember like after WrestleMania and we're like, oh my God, they've they've screwed the the big dog pooch. Mm-hmm. The, it's not going to get the momentum back. And Triple H, they're like, huh, you just have to watch it play out. Yeah, well, what he said was, stories don't end in WWE. Yeah. And then we had a month, a month of uh, just repetitive, uh, quite boring stuff yep. with the, the Usos when, and no Roman. When Roman wasn't there. But as soon as Roman came back, it has been genuine top tier wrestling storytelling again for a couple of months now, and it still is. Mm-hmm. And the most recent chapter is as good as any of the other angles that have come before it. So was Triple H right? No, because I still think this has the emotional weight to it, even if Cody had won. So and even if Roman didn't have the belt? Yeah, I think because it's still Jay pinned Roman. Uh, that, yeah, that, but, that's, the, that's the emotional thing. Uh, uh, but Cody would have pinned him. Yeah, but that, I, it's still, it's Jay pinning Roman. Like, yeah, there is a different side of emotional because it's the first time it's been, been pinned in three and a half years. But there is a different part of the emotion of Jay getting his moments over Roman that he's been looking for for the last two years. It's it's kind of like leveled up mm-hmm. in Winnipeg a little bit because it's the, the three and a half years. And, that, and the fact that Roman's champion and you can build a title fight afterwards. But I think it's also sacrificed just so much stuff that's happening on the other side of the, the pond within WWE mm. of introducing this new title. Oh, new that, belt. Yeah, which like no one cares about. And so I, so I think it's a little bit more. And like Cody's just of like mired in obscurity feuding with Dominic Mysterio and a few that was felt, felt like it was fun but ultimately was pointless mm. I still think I, I will die on this hill that Cody should have won at Mania but we still we are get, what, but I'm not saying that what we're getting is bad I'm just saying it would have been different and it still would have been good even with that Cody win yeah I think it's definitely better with Roman not having been pinned and with the belts I think when I look back on the Cody booking, I just wanted something better. If you're going to beat Cody, come up with a better finish. Because it was that, that was one of the ones where I'm like, I've just seen this over and over again. And you did it at WrestleMania. And to end this, well, that part of that yeah. feud. It also slightly undermines night one mm. for me. Yeah. But, but I, 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 I almost counted them out. And to Triple H's credit, They've made it absolutely fantastic again. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Should we see what everybody says on the... Uh, the bank statements, which is what we're calling the chats today. Get them into wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them over five US dollars. Uh, so we're kicking things off with Nate. This is actually from last night's stream, but was missed. Thank you all so much for joining us on last night's uh, live stream reactions from the Long Arm Pub and Brewery. And thank you, to, especially to everyone who came down mm. to our live watch long party. Had a great time. We met Bacon Rasher. We did. We met Starbucks Stephen Custer. Uh, yeah, when Bacon Rasher, I met him at the bar. And he told me his name. His, his surname's Bacon. I went, yeah, Rasher. And he knew what he was doing. Yeah. <laughs> he was a cheeky chap. He was a very nice chap. Yeah. <laughs> uh, very good. Uh, and yeah, Starbucks, Stephen Acosta as well. It was awesome meeting all these people mm -hmm. and seeing some familiar faces from uh, some previous parties we've done as well. Um, but this was from last night's show. Uh, Nate just says, what a show. Here's hoping that Jay dethrones Roman at SummerSlam. So that is, I suppose, the question. Is Jay the guy to put this title on, or do you just do Cody Roman two at Mania? Like, are you into the idea of Cody Roman two at Mania? I am, yeah. And I think Cody is a better champion for that than uh, than Jay. I don't, but maybe you could have the belt on someone else for Cody's defeat. It kind of makes more sense for Cody to defeat Seth. I feel like that's. He he is. He doesn't want that belt. He is Cody's joker. Yeah, but maybe just put the <laughs> the real belt on Seth at some point. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Like I love Jane. I think he's he's done he's done everything. Absolutely, he's hit it out of the park. But tight like top champion material. I, I I still don't see it in a world with one belt. I would have agreed with you. Now there's two belts. I think you could take the risk, and mm. it do, it actually doesn't matter. But we've been saying for years, like, well, who's the guy that Roman puts over? And we're like, well, that guy isn't there yet. Maybe it's Bron Breaker. I, even though Jey Uso was there all the time, we never said him. No, nope, well, that's because it was, you know, the answer was there in front of us. We just didn't see it then. Mm. We didn't. We could not see the story that they were they're telling at that point. But I'm, I'm glad that we. I, that was. A, I missed it because I'm really enjoying what we're getting out of this. Matt Hennessy said, "I was at Money in the Bank and I've never heard a bigger pop live uh, than I did when Jay Uso pinned yeah. Roman Reigns. We all lost our god darn minds. Lost my voice. I was cheering so loud. Triple H wins again. Also, I noticed on Twitter this morning that when Drew returned, he said the rumors of Drew's demise from WWE were untrue, which tells." Drew has re-signed or is close to. Honestly, being there live was great in the moment. I'll never forget. Maybe I'm biased because I was there, but it was my show of the year going in as well. Yeah, great show. I think WrestleMania night one, uh, better show. But this is this is right up there. Yeah. I, I, I... The matches that needed to deliver, delivered. Both the, both the ladder matches and the main event delivered. Everything else that was 
totally fine. Okay. And the John Cena bit was great. Okay. Uh, Will Campbell said that main event was something special. Everything about it was amazing from Solo's uh, doubts to Roman's distress to the Spear of Doom Samoan Spike double kick out to Jay pinning Roman after the cock low blow kick out. Mm. Absolute cinema. George Todd said, fun fact, the way that Jay pinned Roman was the exact same way he pinned Roman for Roman's first pin in WWE. That was oh, yeah. at, and I believe this is right, Money in the Bank. What? Yeah. And on the pre-show, it was the Usos versus the Shield. No way. I believe that's that's right. Oh my god, so much context. Dan, hey guys, what a pay-per-view. LA Knight should have won. Yeah. Yep. But the Priest win makes it interesting with Balor. As I've said before and said again, Jay beats Roman for the titles. I know he's not Cody levels, but it's the perfect ending at SummerSlam or at Payback. Payback, I think, is such an interesting one. Mm. And since this pin, that's become even more interesting. I hadn't really thought about it much until Dave Bradshaw said in the office, like, oh, it's it's where Roman won the title. And Mm. I'm like, oh, that's quite poetic for him to lose the title at the same pay-per-view he won it. It's called payback. Yeah, but then there's the argument of, do you want Roman to end this epically long title run on a B-level show? WWE don't do B-level shows anymore. So it's a good argument. Um... Clun's Killer said, WrestleMania in London, definitely not combative booking. But in all seriousness, looking forward to what Jay and Roman do at SummerSlam and as summer unfolds. Uh, Jack Nichols says, what a crescendo to the greatest effing kickouts I've ever seen. Goosebumps for the intro package. Goosebumps for the entrances. Goosebumps for the stare down. Frustration with sycophant Wade. Leaps for the kickouts. Tears for the finish. Thank you, Rest Talk. Love you all. Love you too. Brett says, uh, have you guys seen the uh, video on YouTube, The Unreality of Pro Wrestling? It's a phenomenal video essay about how we, the audience, the reason that Roman has become the tribal chief and why he needs to be acknowledged by everyone and he hides it behind his ego. I haven't watched it yet. No. Uh, but my YouTube keeps serving it to me. It's by Super Eye Patch Wolf. I love Super Eye Patch Wolf. Mm-hmm. So I, it's been like, like, I'll get to that when I get some free time. And I haven't had that free time. It's yet. like an hour 20 long. Yeah. Well, just got time to spend. Who's got time to watch stuff that's an hour 20 long? <laughs> I've got Raw to watch. Uh, but anyway, once again, thank you so much to everyone who came to our live show last night. And thank you to everyone who tuned into our live reactions. Uh, we've got clips of those live reactions here on the podcast channel. Clips of us reacting to the Roman kickouts. Yeah. Well, sorry, the, well, the, the double stack pin outs. Double stack kickouts and the J pin. As well as John Cena effectively announcing, or what I guess now is holding the city of London to ransom <laughs> for doing WrestleMania in London. Which we'll get to in a bit. Right, this uh, pay-per-view premium live event, my apologies, I'll never get used to it, uh, opened with an excellent sequence, which was all done in the style of James Bond, because they are in the UK, and we have buses. We're famous for a few things. We have taxis. It could have been, it was either going to be James Bond or Paddington. Yeah, that would have been a a vibe clash, wouldn't it? What if they don't like the style of Great British Bake Off? Mm-hmm. So it's just, you know, like a bit of icing sugar on some ladders. They should have done, when they do the WrestleMania in London, they should have loads of like little promos like that, where it's all the WWE stars trying to do quaint British shows. Reenacting moments. Countdown and Re- stuff like that. Reenacting the moments from Come Dine With Me is that I hope you enjoy your win. Karen, yeah, it was. yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was really good. Blompier was in front of me and uh, he likes James Bond a lot. 
<clears throat> and he was like, oh my God, I made it just for me. Shut up, you mark. <laughs> uh, it opened on the men's Money in the Bank match there, which was a great way to start things because LA Knight was probably the most over thing on the show going in. So during our live reactions, I, you know, we we weren't at Money in the Bank, uh, but it was in that moment there, and I and I knew this ahead of time, but this was almost like the confirmation that I needed. I would much rather have been in the Long Island Pub and Brewery with with everyone there mm. because the reactions to everyone coming out was so incredible yeah. to to be a part of. And LA Night, man, when that boys' music hits, the O2 exploded, but the long arm exploded as well. Mm-hmm. There were, because I don't know if you noticed this, people on the street walking past the pub who just heard these incredible reactions <laughs> happening inside. So we're looking through the window to see what we were watching or what was going on. Yeah, like proper, like hands up to the window to see what. who is making all of this noise. What's all this sound? Oh, it's wrestling. <laughs> Uh, but we, this was a great match. Um, I've sort of said my piece already in my review, if you want to go and watch that on the Restaurant News channel. But I said it was pretty much structured around Logan, the threat of Logan Paul winning. You had three real contenders here. It was Damian Priest, LA Knight, Logan Paul. I was really rooting for Logan Paul. I thought he had the most upside in terms of, well, he could cash it in and actually win. Mm-hmm. And it would be just crazy heat. Uh, just the fact of him winning over LA Knight would be really good. And he could disappear. He could just go away for a while. So when he returns, wow, big surprise. As opposed to what we will get, which is like three segments a week on Raw. I'm Damien Priest. I'm coming down for a match with my briefcase. I, yeah, I'm, I'm on, I was on the Paul bandwagon as well, just mm-hmm. because I was. You're pulling yeah. for Paul. I was, uh, yeah, I was, I was pulling for Paul in some way because you know, I thought it was the most chaotic of choices. Also, because like I, my my big pitch was he wins the opening Money in the Bank ladder match, cashes in on Seth on that same night and wins the world title, and then you do Seth Logan two at yeah. SummerSlam where Rollins wins it back because that accompl- good because it accomplishes all things. Mm. Gets you the moment with Logan winning the belt and all that heat. The moment of Logan winning the belt, a full month of Logan's whatever he does with the belt in prick stick that, i think it, yeah it's, yeah uh, is his, his show that's it something like that you know with his little energy drink things mm-hmm. for for six-year-olds and then he loses the belt a month later mm-hmm. it's it's a perfect use of logan paul uh, and a way to kind of try and get this new world title over um what they instead went with i think is not the lesser of the three options like la knight i don't even think was like the best option it was just the most over yeah, option yeah, yeah, yeah. in there because like i you know, when we were talking, sort of people there about LA Knight winning, no one was saying like, "Oh, he's going to cash in on Roman," or he'll cash in on Jay. They were just like, "Oh yeah, he'll probably like cash in on Theory." And I was like, oh, "That's not two that's, years in a row for the US title." Lame. Yeah. I think it's so lame to have the money in the bank and try and cash in on a secondary title. So it just felt like that was, you know, not the best option, probably the most over option. Mm. But Damian Priest is the one that has the most storyline upside. Because you've got this sort of split within Judgment Day. There's this JD McDonough thing that's kind of hanging over. I say hanging over. They did it for one week and then have not really referenced it for the last four. And But you've got like this sort of split, this fracture between Finn and Priest. This almost like sectioning off with mm-hmm. Damien, uh, with Dom and, and Rhea. So I think there's more storyline upside. And Bailey's in the Judgment Day as well now? Absolutely, it is, yeah. It was uh, Samantha Irvin said that uh, Mummy got her flustered. That's why she, uh, that's why she made her she mistake. She got me flustered. <laughs> so... There's storyline upside to Damian Priest winning, even if I think he was the third best choice for this match. Yeah, it's like the right choice, I guess. Yeah. 
Well, I love Damien Priest. And the last couple of shows, he's been one of the standout performers, uh, the Puerto Rican show in Backlash. But I, well, exactly. Like, what I, I, on the prediction show and on the Raw podcast we did lining <laughs> up to, I was like, I think Priest is the clear favorite to win here because he's done nothing but take L's mm. since WrestleMania. And that's the WWE <laughs> format is you beat them like a drum, then you just give them money in the bank. It's like, well, none of that matters anymore. So, yeah, I, I think this is the right choice. Uh, you know, we did three counts, and a lot of us were like, "Sure, why not?" Yeah, and that's a bit of Damien Priest here. But oh, I think, I think it's better. Than, well, it depends on the follow-up. I think there's, I think there's some good follow-up to be had with this, which we actually got kind of later on in the mm. evening. The match itself, though, I thought was a really, really good ladder match. Uh, just to go over the Logan Paul spots first, we had the me and you. <laughs> Which I thought of. <laughs> I me, thought of you. Me and Pete just looked at each other like, they're doing the thing! Me and you against them. Do you know what's sad about that? What's that? Pete was next to me, and I had already been looking at you doing that. You turned around, saw <laughs> Pete, did it to Pete. I was still doing it, looking at you, and then you just looked back. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was like I was there for <laughs> ages with my hand up for a high five. You turn around, high five Pete! And then ignored me again. <laughs> Sorry, bud. That's okay. <laughs> uh, but I, I very much enjoyed that. I suppose the big spot to talk about in this match is the, well, it was, it was a mess. Uh, well, the, the, there was the other, he did a really big uh, frog splash off the apron onto Priest, onto a ladder bridge before that. No give. And he just bounced off. Uh, he sold it great. And then... Uh, Someone threw a bottle of Prime at him, which I thought was hilarious. It, I said in my review, it made me feel really patriotic because that's what we do. We throw things at Americans. Before WrestleMania, I'd never heard of Prime. Yeah, well, I think it's relatively new. But everyone like, but when it happened, like, everyone knew what it was. Mm. Like in the live chat, it was like, oh, he's come out as a Prime bottle. And, everyone was like, and like he had Prime in his, like when he signed with WWE last year or yeah. whatever it was. Never heard of it until... WrestleMania. I can't move for it now. It's being sold in my local Sainsbury's. Good marketing. Well, apparently, that wasn't just a random throwing the bottle. It was KSI at ringside. <laughs> was it really? And he's done a TikTok of him throwing the prime bottle. They are smart. Uh, but thank you to all 200 comments that have told me it was KSI on my review. Oh, that's, that's actually ruined the spot for me. It's helpful. It's helpful. Yeah, it's, helpful. it's actually like... About ten people there telling yeah, that it's KSI. Oh, yeah. Thank you, thank you. Because I only, it, it, I, I, I need it over and over again. <laughs> it's great comment engagement. Uh, but yeah, sorry that the other spot. Everyone's up on the ladders. I, I can't remember who was thrown off one side, but LA Knight pushes Ricochet and uh, Logan Paul off the ladder onto the top rope. So. Am I right in thinking the spot here was supposed to be that they would go off the ladder, land on the top rope, springboard and do some somersaults through the two tables yes. that were there? Because that in itself also sounds relatively dangerous. Because at oh. least when they did it with the uh, like during uh, TLC2, they put like 20 mm -hmm. tables out there to make sure that everyone was going to land safely. What actually happened, though, was that they just hit the ropes, both fell down, both struggled to climb back up, both fell down again, struggled to climb back up, and then Ricochet was like, oh, I'm taking you over. Yeah. Just grabbed him and muscled him over into a Spanish fly. Logan Paul, because he's incredibly athletic, was like, okay, went over, <laughs> but landed like head first into the tables. He On the replays, he does roll enough, I think, so he gets like just, he lands on the upper back as opposed to his, well, the crown of his head, which is where he was going. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was one of those moments that takes you out of the match, but also 
especially because you saw quite quickly everyone was okay. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure as well that all the people who were clutching their pearls over the Tiger Driver spot last week uh, will be equally as freaking out about this. Let me just check. No. Uh, <laughs> no, they, they are not clutching their pearls over this one. Well, you know, AEW's dangerous. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it was it was a crazy spot to do. Brian Alvarez has pointed out usually when you do that spot, it's just one guy because you you know you bounce off mm. easy, not easy, but relatively achievable under physics. But have you ever that like jumped on a trampoline? Yeah, and you both jump at the same time and you go higher. But if someone jumps slightly before you, you get the recoil, you, and you stop. Yeah, you stop dead. So they both had to hit that top rope exactly the same time to, to pull this off incredible how they managed how, how they managed to save that spot was genuinely impressive oh, i i i debate your use of the word save <laughs> <laughs> okay uh complete that spot <laughs> <laughs> i debate your use of the word complete <laughs> but it was good because the whole point of this match was the crowd hated logan paul and all the wrestlers heel or face also hated Logan Paul. So yeah. the, the the continued thing was, oh, Logan Paul might win. Logan Paul's doing some heel tactics. Someone takes him out in a big, satisfying way as well. Really, but yeah, it wasn't just safe for that opening one where mm. all the other six beat him up. They actually continued that throughout the match. It was it was really really fun. Helped a lot by a very very hot UK crowd that were yeah. particularly for this opening match willing to make this the loudest thing that any wrestling fans ever heard. Um, I think everyone really pulled their weight here. Santos Escobar was pretty much filler. You know, he did all these spots, but he was he didn't really have uh, standout bits. I found myself getting super into Pete Dunn. There was a spot near the end where he suddenly found himself at the top. He snapped uh, two sets of guys' fingers. And I was just like, oh, screw it. Let him win. Yeah, yeah give win. him the briefcase. Yeah, yeah. And he got pushed off. But I thought uh, Pete Dunn was consistently excellent in this. That Sorry, early Butch. That early bit when he went, you know, the come on with Nakamura. Mm -hmm. So good. When Nakamura went up to him and did the bruiserweight pose, I was like, oh, it is on. And I really can't wait to see it. Yeah. And there was another bit where just all seven men found themselves in the ring about two thirds into the match. And they just like looking at each other. And they went, come on. It was, it was so, so good. Cool. It was yeah. excellent. Um, I'm just scrolling through my notes, see if uh, uh, Pete Butch hit a moonsault off a ladder outside. Ricochet did a 450 on Santos and Pete Dunn, I think. Butch on a ladder bridge yep. inside. Just great, great work. This was also a night of setting up ladder bridges that fell and then <laughs> like trying to find ways. Like, it's one of my favorite things in wrestling at the moment is watching wrestlers you know, thinking of them in the back being like, how can we make this ladder bridge look like it's a natural thing for us to set up? And no one's really quite worked it out yet. No. But I'd but I love to see him try. <clears throat> uh, after that, we got the Women's Tag Team Championship match, which was Ronda and Shayna versus Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez. Uh, Liv was worked over for seven minutes, and then Shayna beat up her own partner. That is literally all that happened. Yeah, this match was pretty boring. What? <laughs> there was no but Ollie, there was no setup for this in the match. But Ollie, the the outfit that she was wearing told you what was going to happen ahead of time. Shayna Baszler, yeah, had a chaos, had had a Space Marines outfit on. Yes, that was uh, the first person to betray the something or other and 
That's Horus. Yeah, and that's what she did in the match. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well... Look, it's, okay, so when this happens, you know, I was, I was sort of I was walking through the, the, the pub last night, and a few people stopped me and said, like, oh, well, the rumor is Ronda's going to be doing a UFC match. They want to do Ronda, Holly Holm again, mm. and that's going to be the first of this Endeavor UFC WWE crossover synergy type deal. Good plan. Good plan. Apparently, a commentator has talked about it. I think there's even like been sort of, you know, rumors abound but it's mm. mostly fan speculation it's going to be apparently and you can fill us a bit more in this it's actually just they want to have ronda baby face again so she can do a few with shana well i think it's just ronda her contract is up this year and one of the last things she wants to do is is have a feud with shana presumably put shana over on her way out because they're very close friends shana's responsible for getting rousey into wrestling to this degree so yeah, but yeah, it does look like we're going the way of a Ronda face. That's, yeah, which is a very Vince thing because mm. Vince has never wanted to have Ronda be a heel because she's got such a nice smile, you know. Um, and that's not genuinely why he likes about Ronda is it her smile lights up rooms, and that's why yeah. she should be a baby face. That's why he keeps saying it: smile when you walk down to the ring because when you smile, the whole world smiles mm. with you. And I, I've been really I'm enjoying Ronda's a strong word, but I, she's so much more naturally a heel. So I'm I'm not into babyface Ronda, let alone babyface. And also, like we were, they were just talking about how we want to reestablish this women's division. We've merged yeah. these two sets of belts together so we could just have an actual women's tag team division for a change. And then they break them up two weeks later. Two weeks ago, they unified these belts, and you start to think, I think Mercedes Monet was right. <laughs> I think I think her and Trinity were right to walk out. Yeah, the, the tag belts would just... It seems like a bit of a housekeeping run, doesn't it? Like, okay, we've got too many belts. Let's merge these two together. Maybe I can make some new belts. That's my favorite thing to do. I'm Triple H. Uh, but also, it's a device, a vehicle, to split Ronda and Shayna up. Yeah. Uh, and you had Liv Morgan get injured. The belts had to be vacated. Meh, whatever. But they were uh, going to win the belts anyway. They were probably going to win the belts at Mania had like, yeah. Ronda not been hurt. Um, so I... This is the second pay premium live event in a row where I've not been into a women's division thing. Like Belair, Asuka was the last one. But the last 30 seconds of it, I'm like, oh, okay, well, I didn't expect that. Sure, I'm in. So what you're saying is Vince Russo was right all along. Yeah, well... Because it's the swerve, bro. Well, no, no, not when stuff is good. But if stuff is, <laughs> if stuff is boring... Just, just throw something at the wall. <laughs> the Vince McMahon method. Yeah, yeah. And and those when Vince McMahon threw a load of stuff at the wall, those were the most fun wrestling episodes ever. If you throw twenty strands of spaghetti at the wall and nineteen of them fall down, one of them—I mean, one of them stuck. Oh yeah, one of them's raw underground, <laughs> and it's come back. <laughs> Coming back, mate. finally. Davicatos, they'd be like, "Yes, <laughs> my time." Uh, well, what was I was trying to do a deep cut. He began with an A. Andre? <laughs> no, not that. What was his? Which one? There was like a guy who never appeared ever again, and he, he had a legit MMA background. Oh, um, Arturo, Arturo Ruiz. Yes, Ruiz, something, like something like that. Yeah. yeah. He went to AEW, I think. I think he was on Dark for a few years. Everyone goes to AEW. <laughs> uh, I, so, look, what I'm saying is, sure, Ronda's going to be a baby face. Mm, that's not great. Sure, this was rushed and had no real build and... And the women's tag belts feel even more undermined, and Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez don't feel like actual friends. But 
in a couple of months, Shayna might be back to old awesome Shayna under Triple H. Now there's a win. And that's all I care that's about. That's a right win now. I can get behind. So I'm I'm into that. Uh we got Priest backstage uh teasing that he could cash in on any belt. It'll probably be the world heavyweight one though. Yeah, probably. Riddle versus Gunther. My most anticipated match going in. I mean, me too, because you and I have seen this match on like several Rev Pro shows before they were cool, and it was always awesome. Mm. I don't know what was wrong with this match. Well, it was it was a really good match, I'd say, but uh, underneath expectations, but so far underneath expectations. Like it's not it's short even, as well. It's not even like I had lofty expectations for this match. Like I, I had high expectations. But no, high expectations are different to lofty expectations, where mm. it's like you know this this incredible level that a match could never reach before. I didn't have that for it. I had expectations going in of being like, well, I know these two can have a great match because I've seen them do it multiple mm. times over, and it's it's awesome. But this match just didn't it didn't hit the way that I think it, it should have done it. But really, it hasn't hit as well as a lot of other Gunther matches. Like, I thought the match he had against Sami Zayn on TV on Raw, yeah. was way better. The match he had against Kevin Owens was way better. The Ali match was way better. Way better. The, the triple threat at Mania, like, it's... Every, Five stars. Every Gunther match has been this really, really great thing, but this was, like, the first three-star Gunther match, probably even two and mm. a quarter, that was like, yeah, it was, it was fine. It's just, it was... At the end of the night, I can I'd forgotten that it happens. Yeah, I was I was uh, I felt let down by this. I don't know if it's because of them, because of how much time they were given or whatever. I like the finish though, in equal parts goofy and awesome somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gunther worked over Matt's taped up ankle, and by the end, he just chopped his foot and then put him in a leg lock, and Matt Riddle tapped down immediately. Yeah, that was fun. Fun finish. Then we got Dominic... Oh, sorry, no, we didn't. Then we got freaking Drew McIntyre making his shock return. I feel that the match was was purposely yes. not yeah, yeah. great so that this moment could feel as, as big as it was. I totally agree. Uh, Drew's music hit. The crowd went banana. Uh, Drew looked so happy. It was awesome. Uh, he's come back and, you know, just just that fancy the break. <laughs> there, was, there was never any frustrations or contract wow. disputes. Triple H, a man whose word we can always, you know, just take on board mm. and know that it's, it's, it's to the letter and the truth. Told him it's like, <laughs> me and Drew, we had such a laugh reading those reports that uh, he was unhappy. News to me yeah. that, uh, that he was unhappy here. Well, it's good to hear, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's, it's nice good to hear know. it was all false. It was all Every single bit of it yeah. was a bit of false. In a way, take him off TV for three months then. Yeah. Uh, so but Drew... He was, he was hurt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was yeah, hurt. Yeah, he yeah. needed to sort it out. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Drew is probably 100% re-signed. There's no way they're bringing him back in this higher uh, capacity if he's going to turn up in AEW in, in four months' time. Uh, I mean, that's what they did with, with Claudio. You know, they gave him that one month big title run to be like, I'm going to resign there, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good point. <laughs> but that felt like an old WWE. I think Trips could. Uh, you know, I left it never changes its spots. <laughs> it changes his mustache. <laughs> so Drew came out, faced off with Gunther. Gunther Pie faced him. So Glasgow kiss and then a Claymore. Really fun awesome. stuff. So presumably, Gunther versus Drew. Uh, if it's SummerSlam, that's not honky tonk record breaking time. That's only if. Uh, Drew wins. Yeah. Which he win which he won't. Because Gunther's gonna break the record. 
It's a credible threat, though. It is the. It is a very good credible threat. I think mm. it's the first credible threat that he's had, um, yeah, in a while. After that, we got Dominic Mysterio versus Cody Rhodes. Dom was fantastic here, just dodging Cody, then slapping him and doing it again. And then Cody was like, and he removed the remaining bits of the the cast and Dom's face when he realized he was facing full strength Rhodes was brilliant and was he very ran funny. away. Yeah. It was like me playing AEW fight forever when I'm low on on momentum. Just running up that ramp and I'm gonna pose at the top. There's a guy behind me who just went, he's the most 80s wrestler alive. <laughs> <laughs> and then they did that spot and he burst out laughing. Mm, yeah, it was great. Uh Rhea Ripley sort of distracted Cody, even like pulled him off the apron at one point. Uh the the turnbuckle kind of partially came into play. But ultimately, this was a relatively easy comedy Cody win. Uh, blocked the 619, hit a disaster kick, then the crossroads. No Brock Lesnar. Yeah, and it's not even just that there was no Brock Lesnar in this for me. It's at the end of it, I just went, huh, what was the point in all of that? Because mm. I don't think this did Dom any favors. Dom is not more over for it. Co yeah. Cody certainly is. If anything, Cody feels probably more under. Yeah. Like there was a period of time when Cody was like the most over guy in the company, but on this show, far down the list, like may not even <laughs> in the top five. I mean, like six or seven yeah. in terms of reactions. So. Yeah, I just don't think this really achieved much of anything. In fact, my worry is they're just going to go back to it again on Raw and then just wait for Brock to come back two weeks before SummerSlam. Yeah, and do like a big, I'm not finished with you thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a real shame because you don't want to get carried away with fantasy booking, but also you want something that's good. And this. <laughs> what, a, what a fine line to tread. Yeah. <laughs> you, this was such filler. Yeah, and it does feel like a a fun but pointless month for both guys. Both guys who had loads of momentum, and you don't want to derail that. So it's a curious choice. I really feel like Brock coming in, costing Cody the win, is perfect. The way Cody set up, you know, here's my schedule. Come fight me anywhere. I'm in London. Oh crap! Uh, and also, you give Dom a win that perfectly suits his heel character. Yeah, just like how he spent all that time in prison. I beat Cody Rhodes. And Cody doesn't lose anything because Brock uh, protected him. Yeah. Ah. I, yeah. I think this bit is of a waste. A, a, I think this is a, a bit of a waste of time. And it, it's a bit of a shame as well because I've been sort of, I've been defending this on the, the podcast stuff. People we were like, this is a waste of Cody. I was like, no, this is, this mm, is good. This mm. is, there's a great way to give Cody something to do in between the Brock thing. Some decent TV off the back of it. It elevates Dom as well. Yeah. But in the end, I, I egg on my face because it kind of achieved none of those things. Uh, so, yeah. It was what it was. John Cena's here. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, wabadoo, John Cena comes out. John Cena turned up. Uh, his music hit. And I. it was one of those things where I didn't believe it was happening, even when he was halfway down the weird ramp. I was like, this is a, this is, they're playing a clip from another show, aren't they? If you go back and watch our live reactions to it, it's a double pop. Because it's a pop for the music, and then a pop when he comes out on stage. That's a pop. Yeah, that's a pop. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. So he comes out and he gets in the ring and he's like, "Oh, you know, you guys used to hate me, and I'm still kind of." <laughs> I remember I was in that building ten years ago having a row with an eight-year-old kid about how much John Cena sucks. Yeah. 
at the O2. We were all bad people back you know, 10 years ago. No, oh, no, no. <laughs> I stand by it. <laughs> it did actually remind me of all of those WWE house shows that I went to when mm. he was advertised for the tour but was never booked for them. <laughs> and, and people bought tickets to go see John Cena and then were leaving during main events mm. of Dean Ambrose versus Kevin Owens because they realized, oh, John Cena's not here. And there's all these swarms of eight-year-olds in their yeah. oversized T-shirts that are bright colors walking away. So Cena puts over how, you know, what a great crowd and, you know, you used to, that we're all, they're all chanting Cena, Cena's awesome, but he's like, you should chant Cena sucks. So they did. Yep, so they did. That was funny. And he's like, the powers that be don't want you chanting that, yada, yada, yada. Putting forward this narrative that, oh, I'm going off script. Oh, no. It, he's incredible at pandering yeah. it's it's a it's remarkable I, I i found it a very fascinating promo because the john cena's pandering promo does not work on me mm. but dan next to me is like this works on me so much i have people running up to me like oh my god john cena's my favorite wrestler there's a guy the guy stood next to you like yeah. the table and stuff literally shout out like he's the greatest of all time yeah yeah it's probably the same guy and uh i was just like yeah i was just watching it like this <laughs> Because me and you were in our mid to late thirties, so we were there during yeah. the bad times. So I'm not cheering Poochie. I'm... <laughs> he went back to his home planet. I don't need him coming back here all the time. Uh, so everyone was really happy, and I, I'm I'm happy for you that you were happy. Absolutely. But I'm just standing there. You just got to understand that me and Luke aren't aren't those people. John Cena's fine, but he doesn't doesn't do it for us. And uh, yeah, he, he said. I think you guys deserve a WrestleMania because the whole crowd were chanting WrestleMania. Yeah. Uh, move you into the frame a bit. In more. terms of craftsmanship of promo, he delivered everything. He had everyone in the palm of his hand. It was remarkable. Um, but yeah, as soon as he said WrestleMania, I was like, that is an anti-AEW play if I've ever heard one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is. There is no way anyone was talking about a WrestleMania in the UK before... AW announced that Wembley show two months ago. So they had a survey taker uh, for fans that had gone down for the media day on Friday, which I was there for. Um, at, 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 I spoke with Bailey. It's fine. Mm -hmm. You know, no big deal. Um, she's my best friend. Mm -hmm. But uh, they had a survey taker down there that was like hypothetical. You know, if we did a Royal Rumble or SummerSlam in, in London, what, what of these locations are, is more easy for you to get to? And there was like London, Manchester, Birmingham and Glasgow. You're cool. So obviously no one clicks Glasgow because mm -hmm. it's, it's miles away. But I think probably a lot of people take London. And so I think you're right in the sense of this has been in the plans for about a month and a half that we'll do a WrestleMania in London. But the really interesting thing about this segment here is that this was not an announcement that WrestleMania is happening in London. Mm. It's not. It's still not a confirmed thing. And apparently the reason they, they did this is because WrestleMania is a, is a tourist attractor. The whole point of like why cities book WrestleMania, in America, cities book WrestleMania because it brings tourists into those cities and those tourists then spend money in those cities and that helps economy and it helps local businesses and this and the other london does not need that london is the biggest tourist attraction in london so well, and, sorry sorry in in europe in fact and so it's the we're big, good enough already it's the it's the biggest tourist attraction in europe we've got a madam two swords we've got uh five guys mm. like people come from all over the world so to, to see what uh, the, the nando's press uh, <laughs> There's not as many as you think. Um, and so WWE, like London doesn't need WrestleMania. 
but WWE need London because they could do it at Old Trafford. They could do it in Birmingham, but it hasn't got the prestige of doing it in London. But more to the point, they would not be able to break the wrestling attendance record that's just been set by All mm. In. Particularly when you just combine both nights together, so it then becomes 200,000, a record that will never be broken. Unless North Korea do a show. Unless, uh, well, in Wembley. No, in North Korea, because there's that uh, that yeah. three hundred thousand. But, but again, like show. WWE aren't interested in like they just want to break yeah, AEW. Yeah. Like they, it is a petty move because AEW have got this attendance record mm-hmm. uh, that they had previously set in '92 that they now want back that they can have for their own again. But they are now stuck between a rock and a hard place that they've made for themselves, which is we want to break that record, but we want you to pay for us to come and break that record. And London probably aren't going to pay for that. So what they did is they had John Cena go out on pay-per-view to be like, look, we want to do WrestleMania in London, but London keeps saying no. So you need to let London know that we should be able to do WrestleMania here. Uh, Even with all the the sort of cynicism there, Please, please make it happen. I want it more than anything. It was honest. I never thought I would hear the no. words WrestleMania in London. I never in a month of Sundays would have thought oh we would God. ever have a WrestleMania in London. It was incredible. They said uh, before the pandemic sort of derailed things, how England was going to be one of the major battlegrounds between WWE and AEW. Because Tony Khan's like, boom. Even over Canada, the UK, that's going to be the market I try and conquer. Um, and, you know, they've got more exposure on ITV and stuff than WWE do, which is essentially behind a, you know, it's behind a price point with BT Sport. So for it now to really be kicking up again, I'm like, well, this could have been happening several years back, this escalation of, well, here's a big show. Here's an even bigger show. It's like we're now getting the stuff that was reserved for North America. Yeah. In terms of the the Madison Square Garden prestige shows. Because people ask, oh, why did it take them 20 years to go back to Puerto Rico? It's because, well, they were waiting for Puerto Rico to pay mm. for them to, to get the tourism board to go back there, like to pay for them to come back. And that's what they're, they're waiting for now. But like from, you know, putting away the cynicism side of things, and I said this on the live stream last night, this is nothing but good news for wrestling fans. Mm-hmm. Like it is... And this is what's great about competition. This is what's great about having two major wrestling promotions competing for our money is we benefit from this. I mean, our wallets don't, but we benefit (laughs) as fans because what we're now looking at is the possible, like all in at Wembley in a couple of months time to next month. In fact, Mm. it's it's all in. And then likely in two years time, we'll have WrestleMania in London because it's 40 in Philly. 41 apparently is Minnesota. Right. So it might actually be 42 that we get in London. So 2026. 2026 it would be. Unless, of course, the Minnesota <laughs> uh, rumor doesn't come to fruition mm. and it's 41 that we get. But yeah, so it's either going to be 2025 or 2026. Either way, like we as wrestling fans benefit from mm. all of this because of AEW's moves into the UK. We got money in the bank here. Like that's, it's, that's great news. Mm. Because of AEW going on TV... NXT got more exposure and got more money put behind it and got onto national TV, like, which means that wrestlers got onto national TV. It's nothing but good news for the wrestlers and for us as fans, yeah. which is why I don't understand tribalism. We'll, uh, we'll pick up the pace a bit because we've still got a few bits to get through. Uh, this segment then continued uh, for way too long. SpongeBob came out. Grayson Waller came out, uh, you know, and he's 
He's good on the mic and everything, and mm. he, he held his own, but this didn't do anything for me. Cena laid him out with an AA. Yeah, this match went, this was well, this match, this segment from beginning to end went longer than the World Heavyweight title match. Uh, Women's Money in the Bank match next, which was actually my match of the night. Same here. Uh, I loved it. It's the best Women's Money in the Bank match they've ever done, quite easily. Easily, so, <laughs> by leaps and bounds. And it was because of the character work, I thought. You know, Zelina Vega and... Uh, who else? Were, who was the other person who didn't do much in it? It was my, just Selena Vega, actually. I think she was the only one going in with, who didn't really have a story. Yeah, but of course you had Bailey and EO. There was some working together dissension. Bailey eventually pushed her off the ladder there. But I got so into Trish, Becky, and Zoe. I love this story. This idea of like Becky and Trish hating each other, mortal enemies. They're on top of the ladder. Becky pushes her off. Trish, awful fool. Like. Late, she's in her late forties. She comes back up, busted nose. I'm like, where were you? Why, why are you? Why did you come up in the noughties and not now? I know, right? Uh, she's so well suited to this. She was awesome. I loved Zoe's work in this as well because, unlike Damage Control, who both wanted to win, like mm. they, you know, when I spoke with Bailey on Friday, she told me that, like, oh, you spoke to Bailey. I, 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 yeah, yeah, sorry, I, I'll just pick up that name that mm. I dropped there, and Ellie Knight, and um, yeah, she told me that. Look, if I win, it's a win for EO. If EO wins, it's a win for me. And that's great when you're on the same page. But they both just want to mm. win for each other as well, for, for themselves. And so they were like this sort of fractured team that both just wanted to win it singularly. Zoe and Trish were the opposite. Mm. Zoe was actively trying to help Trish win this. So it was all about setting the ladders up for Trish, taking out other people for Trish so Trish could climb the ladder so she could thank Trish for all the hard work that she's done over her career. I, and I love the fact that they were a strong unit. And then Becky, yeah. who's had her problems with Zoe <laughs> and Trish, but also a long history with damage control. So she's just got these five warring partners and Selena Vega was there to hit people <laughs> with flip-flops. <laughs> But the, you had Trish and Becky warring, and then someone would get in the way of them, and they'd gang up to take them out, and then they'd look at each other and go back to fighting again. Yeah. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, when Becky and Trish did that double suplex and then stood up and were like, all right, let's get back to this. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. Becky hit Trish with a man slam off the announcer's table onto a ladder bridge. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Sting doing the big, the big dives. I'm, what's happening here? I never thought my eyes would see stuff like this. I mean, me and Dan were saying this on the, the live reactions last night. We're like, this is not just Trish's first Money in the Bank match. This is Trish's first ladder match. Wow. And she went into this full force. Mm. She didn't go in there like some big stars or big names in ladder matches. I'm like, I don't really fancy taking those bumps. I'll I'll do my one spot, but then mm -hmm. I'll spend most of it on the outside, just, you know, leaning down a little bit. No, she put herself in every single spot that she possibly could. And to give the crowd their money's worth, I thought she was so good in this match. But Becky was awesome. There is still a big debate about who she was cosplaying as. Because she came out and I was like, oh, she's rogue. Mm -hmm. And then some other people were like, no, she's Phoenix. Mm. And then I check on Twitter and it was like, no, she's Rogue. And then some other people were like, no, she's Banshee. And some other people, no, she's Siren. And they're no, all she's Dragon Ball Z. And then they're all sharing photos. And it made me was like, oh, maybe X-Men characters aren't as uniquely designed as we all thought. <laughs> uh, we, so in one part of this, Zoe handcuffed Becky, but she never got the other cuff on. So Becky, for the last portion of this match, has just a dangling handcuff from her wrist. And she's up uh, with Bailey, which is awesome in itself. Becky and Bailey on the top of the ladder. And Becky fish hooks Bailey's mouth 
to drag her down with the handcuff. So, such a good spot. So good. They get to the bottom. Eo Sky looks at them and just handcuffs them between the rungs of the ladder. So now they can't lift their hands up, which means they can only climb up so far mm. and they can't reach up to it. And then Eo Sky, brilliantly in this, I think is a visual thing, climbed over Bailey in order to get the briefcase. Yeah. Just, it is, it's poetic. Uh, it's It's just pure pro wrestling storytelling in terms of, you know, there's no dialogue there. It's just physicality through combat. Uh, simulated combat. I, this, this is this is the best finish of the year. <laughs> Easily so. And like like you, it was my match of the night. I loved the finish. I mm. loved all the action. Just forgot that someone pointed it out in the chat. The uh, the power one, the sunset flip power bomb that um, oh yeah, Zelina the Vega hit. did yeah. onto Zoe Stark, uh -huh. and like <gasps> she just got some hang time on that <laughs> flip round. It's like time stood still, <laughs> and she slammed her down into that ladder. Yeah. Bloody hell! Really, really, really great match. It's so nice to sit here and go. That was a that was an objectively great match as opposed to what I feel like I usually have to do in WWE women's ladder matches. Oh yeah, that was, you know, they had some good choreographed spots. Yeah, very well rehearsed. This was genuinely good. Yeah, so awesome. well done. Match of the night. Uh, then we got Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins. Only went like 12 minutes yeah. for the World Heavyweight Championship match. It is the secondary belt. I thought it was, uh, it was very different to the matches that led up to it. It felt like that Bobby Roode versus Andrade style yeah. NXT takeover main event, uh, but didn't get enough time to fully expand into that that yeah. prestige. Crowd went into this as much mm. as they were for other things. They're slightly burned out by the, the the ladder match that had preceded it. So they were like, you know, they were singing Seth's song, but it wasn't as enthusiastic as some place to be in singing Seth's song, which is you know bizarre considering how much they were into a lot of other people mm. on this show. Finn uh, worked over Seth's rib cage, which uh, was taped up. But the big part was when Priest comes out in the last couple of minutes with the briefcase, uh, and everyone's like, oh, hello. Triple threat. It's exciting. Uh, and you've got, yeah, you've got the context there of Seth having cashed in his Money in the Bank match at WrestleMania 31, mm -hmm. uh, and Seth's in the ring. Just loads of wonderfully uh, parallel lines in terms of each man's past but Finn got distracted by this so even though Finn really had it won at one point he had stomp outside he hit like two coup de gras outside and was going for a third in the ring he got slightly distracted by Damien standing up yeah Priest just stood up mm. and it was that momentary distraction that was enough for Balor to miss the coup de gras and uh, get hit by the stomp for the win for the Rollins win which I you know Fine, it, it works. You can tell the story of Judgment Day. That's fine, steady storytelling. But I thought you had an opportunity here to just go top-tier craziness. Just give Finn the belt, and Damien immediately cashes in. Finn is kicked out of the Judgment Day. I, I, I know, but there's not a cat in hell's chance that, I, that yeah, Finn would yeah. ever win in the belt. Unfortunately, here, I, I don't think. But you're right, Like you, could, you may as well have done. Like You, you turned Ronda baby, baby face. You may as well have just, you know. Done and that's whatever. set up. That whole story's set up it's, for seven years. At least, at least it's actually set up this time. Yeah. So yeah, no, I, I, I totally buy into that. It's just that it never felt like Finn was ever going to win this match. I quite, Damien Priest in the press conference, though, was like, oh, I stood up because I thought he was about to, he'd won the match. So mm. I, was, I was standing up getting ready to celebrate with him. They can string that out a lot. I'm, I'm excited yeah. to see where Judgment Day take that. Yeah, but yeah, overall, I gave uh, I gave it 97. percent I've really screwed my rating system because 
I started off so high for the pay-per-views. Yeah, well, I said to you earlier, you're going to have to start breaking that uh, that percentage rating scale. I might have to... They do it with IQ points every now and then. I'm just going to lower everything by 20. <laughs> and then that will give me some space at the top. Yeah. I might have to... like It's like extreme rules. I was so happy that Bray Wyatt came back and I was blown over, blown away by that angle. That's at like 95%. <laughs> that is not a 95% pay for you. It really isn't. <laughs> like, we, we all told you that at the time though. <laughs> and why don't you want me to love things? <laughs> no, we're not telling you not to love things. We're telling you to love things appropriately I'll at do, the level they're supposed to be at. I'll do that when you behave appropriately to Kong Skull Island. <laughs> That is a five-star yeah, movie. On that. That's a five-star movie. On that. It's been five years. You need to get off that train. It's a five-star movie. Uh, well, uh, do we have any shout-outs? Well, I'd, I'd have given it four out of five. Okay. Okay. Well, I thought both the ladder matches and the main event were superb. Everything else was broadly fine. And the Cena and the Drew. But the Cena thing was half of a good segment. And the Drew. The Drew thing was awesome. And, but the, I, and the Shana. And uh, no, not for me. Sounds like an awful lot of great stuff happened. And everything else was broadly fine. And forbidden door. Uh, No, we're going to get into the rest of your your bank statements, in fact. Speaking of AEW. Uh, So please continue to get those in. Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) Wrestle.com forward slash support. This is your final call for them. And we are kicking things off with Ryan, who says, Roman being called a tribal wanker is the highlight of my weekend. Uh, Kevin says, my two favorite moments in the main event, Jay finding out that he's facing Roman and taking off his shirt, the tape on his hands and getting ready to fight. Also, Jimmy could have hit the 1D with Jay, but he chose to tag him and let him prove that he is main event, Jay Uso. I'm just Marcus. The Usos kicked out and I cheered. Jay pinning Roman made me cheer so loud that I think I woke up my neighbors. (laughs) But I was so happy I cried. I'm so on board with Jay getting to end Reigns' run. Uh, Dan says, Ollie, like you said, Cody beats Roman at Mania, but how do you drag out that title reign until then? Still feel that SummerSlam and Payback make the most sense to do it, being a three, full three years since Roman returned. I feel Cody can beat someone else if he just wants the title. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. James C. Morgan, did you guys see the tweet that showed Roman getting pinned being compared to the first time Roman got pinned on the main roster? It's the exact mm. same. J-Splash with, uh, with over Jimmy to pin Roman. We talked about that earlier. Mm. Um, Nate here says, I get what you guys are saying about Cody being a bigger star than Jay, but personally, I feel like Jay beating Roman for the title makes the most sense for the story purpose. It ends with, uh, it starts and ends with Jay versus Roman for the title. I, well, I'm in a complete agreement. That's what I've said from day dot when we, when we go back to WrestleMania. Storyline-wise, yes. Business-wise, Cody made the most sense. But that was also in a time when you only had one world title. Now you've got two. You can have Jay win the world title. Um, up next, we have got the mayor of Painesville, Dan, who says, Hey, Ollie and Luke, I hope you're enjoying your Sunday, even though you have to work. I loved Money in the Bank. Such a fun show. There was no uh, there was no very bad match. The first ladder match could have been better, but it was fine. Women's tag also, LA Knight forever. Dark73 says, hey lads, really fun watching Money in the Bank with you last night. Not sure if this was brought up, but the person who threw the Prime Bottle logo was actually KSI. Was it? 
Pete Hamilton says, maybe the only person at the show that was glad Ellie and I didn't win Money in the Bank last night. Um, that's what Pete thinks he is. Uh, while he was the most overstar there, Priest has the better storyline going forward. Hopefully, LA can get a big profile match at SummerSlam to start his main event push. Mm-hmm. Going by what Triple H said about him in the press conference, he is this generation's Zack Ryder. Mm-hmm. Ray, uh, Raider JJ, I'm not hoping this happens, but what if when Pete goes to cash in on Seth, Finn tries to help or interfere and he costs Priest his chance at the world title? I don't want it to happen. This is WWE, and so it is very likely. I could see them doing that. And yep. I, I don't necessarily think that's bad. Me neither. One. Will Campbell said, and number one, the finish of the women's Money in the Bank ladder match, absolutely ruled. Number two, ow, Jay's knees on that Uso splash that finished off Roman. Three, while I wanted LA Knight to win the briefcase, I think Priest was actually a really, really good shout mm-hmm. for it as well. Dan here says, with Priest, I feel Balor needs to have the title, and then Priest loses the title to Gunther. If you could book a five-on-five Survivor Series match between AEW and WWE for both men and women, what would it be? Uh, lastly, love you all, Rest Talk for Life. Uh, well, Elite versus Bloodline. Get yeah. the bloodline back together somehow. <laughs> that, that, that's the match, right? Um, Matt Hennessy said, I saw a clip on Twitter this morning with Drew return and Michael Cole literally says, the rumors and reports over the last few months of Drew's uh, WWE demise were untrue. And in the press conference, Tripp seems pretty confident that he is staying. He has to be staying. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, we have a missing username here. It's a Streamlabs issues. Please do let our moderators know. It says, hi guys, I'm back on the train from Cornwall. Was at the O2 last night and it was deafening. Mm-hmm. LA Knight plus Butch being super over. Drew returning. EO Sky winning. Roman being a tribal. You know what? London 701 kicked ass. Jam that jam for London mania. Sounds like a 97% show to me. <laughs> um... Tyrol Marcus or Tyrola Marcus. Thank you for yesterday. It was the best night of my life. As I told you yesterday, Ollie, I, if you will do this again for WrestleMania 40, I will come again all the way from Austria oh. just for the watch party. I spoke to him. Yeah, came from Austria. I had someone there from Korea. He flew over. <laughs> but, I mean, they were doing other things as well, but... Yeah. We're also here just for our watch pie. That's incredible. Mm. Um, Ash uh, has gifted one membership, which has gone to Sean Lindsay. Oh. Thank you very much. Got a missing username here. Please do let our moderators know. It says, big thank you to WrestleTalk, Parts for Unknown, and No Rosbard. Lovely. Catching up on all the older content. I'm now a Patreon. You all do amazing, uh, great entertaining work and a watch party now on the bucket list to meet you all in person. Jam, that's jam. Harry and Manga Girl. Hey. hey. He's been a member for seven months in a row. He says, hey, guys, had a brilliant time last night at the watch party fantastic atmosphere from beginning to end shared with amazing people a lot of people have, have pointed out harriet in the live reactions in the comments yeah They're like oh i love that person's facial reactions yeah she gets over because of the uh, the reaction she does for uh, yeah. uh, my gm as well for Monday night war retro station 8 and uh, 1989 says hi fellas sending something for luke a second punk ice cream treat wrapper and something secret, but I guarantee you will love. Thanks for all the commentary, honestly, and essential journalism. Thank you, and to all your families. And that's from Retro Station. Well, thank you very much. Uh, and Jack Wolf here says, The atmosphere at the long arm was insane. Thank you for an incredible event, Rest Talk. My highlight was Steve Next Sad. Oh, is this a Quizzlemania? Yes. So we were doing poetry for Neanderthals, yeah, or yeah. wrestling for Neanderthals. The idea is you get given a wrestling concept and you have to describe it in monosyllabic words uh-huh. and sullivan's was pile driver and he was like head <laughs> in knees and dan just wasn't getting it and so he just went steve neck sad did dan get it off of that <laughs> yeah, that yeah that's funny. good that's funny well, that's all we got time for on the show thank you yeah. all so much just see if yet yeah, no more have come in thank you so much for joining us here today and for everyone who came out yesterday to join us in the long arm 
pub and brewery. It was awesome. It was, yeah, genuinely, yeah, they're special. Aren't they? they are special. They're very, yeah. very nice. We're hoping to be able to see you again at SummerSlam in that same building, although sleepy boys this time. Mm. It'll be overnight. But for now, I've been Ollie Davis. That's been Luca and DAD. Jam that jam. Jam that jam. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 